welcome to the first ever bonus episode of Don't You Know Sports, where we will be doing a special NFL mock draft for the upcoming draft on Thursday. I am your host, Ben Keck, and joined me, join, joining me <laughs> is my co-host, Michael Hiddings. How are we feeling, Michael? I'm feeling great, Ben. Happy to be a part of this. This is one of my favorite times of year as a Lions fan because this is the week that always gives me hope with one of our top five picks. You know, I got months, years down the line before I'm disappointed involving whatever player gets taken, but like this is this is one of my favorite times of year. Excited to be a part of this, excited to do a mock draft. Absolutely. This is I mean, this it's great. Uh I think I thought about this earlier today, and I think me and you are both we're very in, including in college sports. Like we're both of us are very into like the recruiting processes of like a lot of sports, and we're both into the draft. And I started thinking about it. I was like, is it maybe just because our teams just have such unfortunate outlooks that we need to be looking to the future always? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely it, man. Like, what else do we have but hope? Yeah. The only thing that provides hope is future future potential players that could actually change your team. They don't, but. You know, it's sports. Yeah. I gotta hope. You hope. <laughs> I gotta hope. Yeah. You know, so following recruiting processes, following uh, draft prospects, I'm reading mock drafts during the college season. Yeah. Sometimes the summer before the uh, the next draft. I need yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I need. I need to know what I need to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a Lions fan. I got three days. I don't have a season. You know. <laughs> you have three well, you have four days you have the three days of the nfl draft and then you have the first game of the nfl season right or, right yes. you think potential maybe <laughs> they might have a big game i might finally see it and then you know <laughs> it's all squashed after game one but hey, you know this is three out of the four days of the year where we're looking forward to football yes <laughs> okay um well just a little rundown how we're going to do this um I will be taking the odd number picks and Michael will be taking the even number picks um, just so I can draft for my Minnesota Vikings. We're going to do a little switcheroo when it gets um, close to the pick. Michael will take picks 10 and 11 and I will take picks 12 and 13 in order just to balance out how many picks we each get. And then we'll go back to normal after that. But um, with that being said, um, Let's get it started. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Yes, they are. Yes. Um, And there's been a lot of speculation with this pick over the last few weeks. I mean, I think we look at it and, um, I mean, normally about a month out, it feels like most teams are down to their consensus choice, and we kind of know who the first overall pick is going to be at that point. But two weeks ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars announced basically that they are still going through four different prospects, and they're still have narrowed it down. I think the the four they were looking at were obviously Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Evan Neal, the tackle from Bama, and uh, Ike Aquanu, the other tackle. And I mean, in to spell their needs, that is exactly their needs. They need offensive line help, and they need defensive line help. They don't have anyone up front. So it's very obvious why they're looking at both those things. Um, and I'm going to do my best in this position for them. 
to not necessarily take what I think they should do, but I'm going to take what I think they're going to do in this situation. And I think it's not in the, and I was talking to Michael before this, the betting odds did just shift today to Trayvon Walker. And with the first overall pick, I am going to take Trayvon Walker from the University of Georgia. And the reason I'm doing that is because, first off, I mean, they know something. Vegas isn't a bunch of idiots. They know something is happening, and there's a reason why he became a consensus favorite for this. And it's just, it's very, the upside of Trayvon Walker for me is just huge. I mean, he's got he's got so much raw physical ability, and I think we saw that on display at the Combine for sure. Is just capa- the capability he has to be something super special. And I think Hutch is probably your safest bet as a player in this draft. If for me, I mean, he's as good as it's going to get, and you can't go wrong with Hutch. But um, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are really going to swing for the fences. He's got good. Um, I was reading a little bit on the Georgia defense just in general today, and Georgia's defense is pretty complex. So he's got a very high football IQ to be playing in that system, and he might not be the first-year impact guy that everyone wants him to be. Maybe a little burst here and there, but I think his, I think he can, he will get there. I think it's pretty sure he can get there just with the physical ability and his, just his football IQ in general and his smarts for the game. I think he can put those two together, and I think he can be very effective, potential All-Pro, Pro Bowler every year eventually. Yeah, this this pick makes sense, and you said it, Ben. Vegas always knows something. When the line shifts, especially this close to the draft, you don't take it lightly. So they have to know something. But uh, just looking at the history of Trent Baalke, the GM over in Jacksonville when he was with uh, San Francisco, these are the types of guys he picks. Mm -hmm. It may not be the guy who had the most college production. You're looking at the measurables. How did they test at the combine? What's the raw ability? The highest ceiling player in this draft is arguably Trayvon Walker. It might not even be arguably. It probably is Trayvon Walker. I mean, if you're looking at if this guy hits his fullest potential, perennial pro bowler for years based on raw ability, this is the guy. And um, yeah, if Jacksonville's looking for that, that X factor, defensive end, pass rusher that they need to make an impact, Walker may not do it in year one. But bank on the raw ability eventually shining through with coaching and work ethic. Um, and he had a big college football playoff. You know, it, mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily yeah. produce during the season, but he had a couple of good games in the college football playoff. And, um, you know, raw abilities there. It's a risk, no doubt. But this is the type of guy that bulky picks. And if it hits, it's the right pick for them. And it's it's when, I mean, in fear, I mean, same goes for, I mean, the Lions next, too. But, I mean, like, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, what do you got to lose? You need to take a risk. Like, you need to do something to get a little spark back on that team. You're, I don't know, five, six years removed from an AFC championship game. You were there recently. But you need to get the spark back because you went in complete rebuild. You almost have no one left from that roster. And I think I potentially would have gone tackle here if they didn't franchise tag – Cam, uh, what's his name? Cam. Cam uh, Robinson. 
Yeah, thank you. Cam Robinson, yeah. their tackle, their left starting left tackle last year, they franchise tagged him. Otherwise, I probably would have picked a tackle here because they need to protect Trevor Lawrence. But obviously, they see something in Cam Robinson that they're comfortable enough with him being exactly. the starting left tackle for the time being. Yeah, so. you're, I, if they didn't franchise him, this is one of Iguanu or, or Neil. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt. But with them franchising Robinson, this allows them the flexibility to pick the guy they really, really want. Vegas is telling us it's Walker. A couple of draft experts the past couple weeks have been telling us it's Walker. I'm getting the itch. It's Walker, too. The pick makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Well, well if this holds serve, <laughs> this is my dream scenario as a Lions I was going to say. <laughs> and as a Michigan football fan. Let's pencil this in. <laughs> Just, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan, Stays at home. He went to Detroit Catholic Central High School. Uh, he played at the University of Michigan. Uh, oh, hold on. No, no, no. I take it back. I apologize. I got the high school wrong. Uh, I'm going to have to double check on that. It wasn't Catholic Central. Uh, Might have been Divine Child. Uh, anyway, he's from Michigan. He played yes. at the University <laughs> of Michigan. He grew up a half hour from uh, Detroit. Like, this is the home run pick. Oh, by the way, he finished second in the Heisman Trophy uh, balloting. He plays with a nastiness, a mean streak. He doesn't take plays off. He loves football. He works hard. He is a character builder in that locker room. If there's any Dan Campbell guy in this draft, it's Aiden Hutchinson. So if Trayvon Walker goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I will be celebrating like none other. And the Lions will be running to the podium. Yes. And putting Aiden Hutchinson on that on that score sheet or emailing, calling, whatever they do now to get the name in. It's Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson. It'll take two seconds. I was gonna say that will be the quickest, like the pick is in after for the second pick of maybe NFL history. Oh it, yeah. It will be it will just be like the Jacksonville Jaguars will come up in a second it switches to the Detroit Lions. You won't even see a clock. It'll just be the pick is in. And the it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right to the pick is in. Yeah, that's what There's it feels like. There's no hesitation. Like. It's just like, uh, yeah, not only do we get Jacksonville's pick, we got the Lions pick at the same time. Uh, <laughs> this, it's a no-brainer. If this mm -hmm. is how it plays out, there is no like culture builder, the type of guy Dan Campbell wants. Aiden Hutchinson is it. Oh, by the way, he's also pretty good at football. So um, yes. I he think would he be has... an anchor on the Lions defensive line for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. He would be rock solid. Uh, pro bowler, maybe not every year, but I mean, enough of an impact, enough of a culture builder. No hesitation. It's Aiden Hutchinson here. Exactly. He's got a, I mean, he's just, he has easily, I think the highest floor of any player in the draft like I, I just there's no way I can see him really being a bust in any way he will be an impact player his entire career even like even like you said he's a culture builder everything about it it he's the safest player you can take in this draft and he still has also ridiculous amount of upside too it's not like <laughs> it's not like right you're just getting a super high floor guy and he's basically where he's going to be. He's got the potential to just keep growing and succeeding. And I think Dan Campbell will also help him extremely in that, in those regards too. I think he's a great coach for him. Like you said. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. 
he he's a hard worker. He'll fit what Campbell's trying to do. And like I'm I'm optimistic as a Lions fan. They have a it seems like they have a good staff. A lot of former NFL guys who know the ins and outs are are good coaches and, and Hutch will fit right into that. Um again, can't say it enough. This would be a home run pick as a Lions fan. It's gotta be Aiden Hutchinson if he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, well, then that leaves me with uh, pick number three in the Houston Texans, a team which basically you could go through every position on the roster and identify it as a need for them. Yeah. So it's 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 yeah. pretty pretty hard here, but I think it comes down to kind of a similar situation um, with Jacksonville as they absolutely need help in the trenches. They don't have it on either side, really, outside of Tunsil. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a big issue. Um, but I am going to switch it up from D-line, and I am going to go O-line. And Tunsil will secure that left side. And whether they choose to go with Davis Mills for the future and they need to protect him or they take a quarterback next year, they'll already have a great start on the line because I'm going to give them Evan Neal out of Alabama. And I actually like Iquanu more as an offensive tackle. But I, I saw this today. Evan Neal has has snaps at right tackle. He's played right tackle before at Alabama. So I think that's going to be – I don't. I think Iquanu could transition over there, but Evan Neal will be able to start day one right off the bat at right tackle, even though he played left tackle this last, last season. He's played right tackle before. It's not going to be that big of a learning curve. And you can pair him with Tunsil, and you got your – I mean, you got bookend tackles then, hopefully, for the next five years, and you can protect whichever quarterback you choose to. If that's – if Davis Mills shines next year, perfect. He's protected. Then you're, you got your quarterback save. He's not going to get hurt. It was the biggest issue with Deshaun Watson when he was there that he was just getting mauled alive back there. And – I really hope the new owner, I mean, not ownership, but um, new head coach prioritizes protecting the quarterback because it, in a way, I mean, outside of Deshaun Watson's off the field issues, um, kind of, I mean, ruined him a little bit because he's banged up a little bit now and he's probably could have some injuries down the line because he's been taking so many shots. But um, can never go wrong with an Alabama O lineman. And I think Evan Neal is a, solid pick for them and i think it's really just gonna help start the correct rebuilding process for them yeah the pick again makes sense you can go you said it. you can go right down the line houston probably has the least amount of talent of any team uh in the nfl so every position can be upgraded take one of the best players available at a position of need uh they have a young quarterback right now if Mills isn't the guy, then you know they're probably drafting a quarterback with another top three pick next year. Um, shore up that O-line. Get a young offensive tackle. I am also a little higher on Aquanu, uh, but Neal has the capabilities of being a pro bowler for the next decade. And if he's got experience at right tackle and eventually can shift over to left, he's a rock-solid pick here. Uh, mm-hmm. A great pick for Houston. Build that line. Shore up that line for whatever young quarterback you have coming through. So, yeah, hopefully he doesn't take the hits like Watson. Uh, Neil's <laughs> a solid pick here. I think Texans fans should be pleased if if they choose Evan Neal. 
they should be. I mean, they should be pleased if they even took a if this situation plays out and they even got a Quanu or Thibodeau if they chose to go with um, a defensive lineman. Right. I think those are all home runs, and Houston's in a great spot at pick number three. No matter what kind of happens, they'll have their choices and options of what they want to do. And as long, might be wrong by saying this, but as long as they don't, they don't have really good cornerbacks. But as long as they don't go cornerback which I think is just not the play when you have so no. much need up front on both sides. <laughs> I'm with you. Build the yeah. trenches before you're worrying about uh, the secondary in the, in the other spots. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. um, with that being said, moving on to the Jets, I say that, <laughs> and you look, the uh, AFC East has Stefan Diggs, <laughs> And now has Tyreek Hill. So you have two top-tier wide receivers in that division. You're going to need someone to help shut those guys down. Absolutely. And the guy in this class that is electric as a cornerback, some people argue that he might be the best overall player in the draft. I don't know if I'm there. Uh, But he's a top-five, top-six player. And I think the Jets covet him. It's Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Uh, couldn't just make it all the way to 12, could he? Couldn't make it to the couldn't j- I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm I would sorry. have taken him with one of the next picks anyways. <laughs> wouldn't have made it much further. <laughs> well, and you saying that is, I think, why the Jets are going to take him at four. Um, the Jets definitely have other needs. They could they could go defensive end here. They could go offensive line help. They're not really sure. You know, Becton hasn't necessarily been healthy, uh, so they could go tackle. But mm-hmm. this draft is deep at tackle. This draft has some good edge rushers. They could get those guys later in the draft. If they're looking for that impact cornerback and they want Sauce Gardner, they're probably going to have to get him at pick four if he's there because he's not going to be there when they pick again at 10. Uh, there's so two I have cornerback needy teams in front of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so they're going to take him while they have a chance to take him at four. Uh, and I think they're going to be very happy with that pick and they're going to hope he's the next Darrell Revis that Please. can shut down the opposing team's electric wide receivers. And when you Sheesh. have digs in Hill in that division for the next five to 10 years, I, yeah, they need someone who can help yeah. uh, take those guys out of the game. And and going on what you said, I think something that I think we're we're gonna start seeing teams do because every team nowadays it seems like they are loading up with so many wide receivers and weapons, like good talented wide receivers. They're getting three of them, and you need to be able to line up against them. So I think in this draft, maybe the next draft, I think teams which maybe don't, you're not going to like first look at them and be like cornerbacks in need, but they're going to, teams are going to be thinking about taking them because nowadays you need three cornerbacks who can go up against the best teams in the NFL. Like you need oh, yeah. three extremely solid cornerbacks. And I think you can't go wrong with cornerbacks, especially if you don't have one like the Jets don't. But I mean, you can't go wrong if there's a talented cornerback on the board. And you're in, especially in a tough division where you got Tyree Kill, like you said, and Stephon Diggs and Jalen Waddle. Like, 
you need guys to cover. Like, otherwise you're oh, going to yeah. torch down the field. Oh, and, yeah. Um, if Gardner is anything like he was in college, which was shut down, he didn't allow a touchdown in his yeah. college career. So, like, he's a slam dunk home run as far as I'm concerned. And <laughs> it shouldn't even be a question. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Jets are in a quarterback need against good receivers in that division. And sauce is about as money in the bank as as you can get. Um, I know some people are concerned about taking cornerbacks in the top five or top six, and they say the value isn't there. But I, I think you make a valid point. The NFL is turning into a passing league. Your receivers are heavily valued more so than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Shutting down those receivers are going to be and, you know, it's important. You're going to need high-level cornerbacks, and the best teams have three, two guys on the outside and one in the slot that can, you know, limit the damage of receivers. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's really just a home run. It's, it's exactly what they want, and it should play out perfectly for them. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, with that being said, uh, next, we'll just uh, we'll stay in the we'll stay in the same stadium and just uh, go to the Giants. <laughs> yeah, not going too far. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll stay in the, the Giants. Um, and another team that's gonna ha- it has a, a few separate needs, and it's again it comes down to the trenches. <laughs> it yep. seems like it's, a lot of teams in the top five need trench help in both sides. Um, but I think. New York would be silly now at this point. The, they should be thrilled that he's here at this point. And I think um, I'm going to give him Kayvon Th- uh, Thibodeau. Yeah. Um, it's just like people is like he's got potential. Like I don't it's like Trayvon and Aiden are like I think they're for a lot of people. They're clearly the top two. And I think Kayvon's kind of got dropped down a bit in tears when people talk about him. Yeah, because he, there's been some issues that have came up, but I think that gap between those guys isn't as big as people no. are making it out to be. I think it's a lot closer than people think, and he's got explosiveness. Um, I mean, he's, I mean, he's just, again, he's extremely just high football IQ guy. He moves. He's extremely athletic. Everything about him is just booming with potential yes. for like them. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> I mean, there was a time when he was considered to be the consensus number one overall pick. Like, oh, yeah, it wasn't it, even a question. Yeah, like we talked, I mean, he, when he, out of his, I don't know if it was um, sophomore year or whatever it was, he was, everyone was like, oh, he's the guy. Like when he gets yep. that to the, um, when he leaves for the draft, he's first overall. It's like it was a locked done deal. Like every despite concerns, like he's he's that dude. Like <laughs> Yeah. You know, Ben, I think that's what, what gets me. And I, I get the, you know, he skipped out on part of the combine when he said he would he would do everything at the combine. You know, he, the day before he, he does his events at the combine, he says, Yep, I'm gonna be here for the whole combine, do all the events, pulls himself out of some of the events the next day. And again, that's not a good look, right? That's not a good look. You say you're going to do one thing and then you don't follow through with that. But teams do their homework on these guys. And absolutely, I, I can't help but 
think, you know, the, the media is trying to develop a narrative that, you know, Thibodeau doesn't care about the game. He only cares about himself to, you know, when in reality, what I'm seeing is a smart guy who, when he's on the field, oozes raw ability and produces. And you could make an argument. This guy is still the best player in the draft at his best. I don't think he's going number one, but if he did, it wouldn't be that huge of a surprise based on his. People uh, would act like it was a huge surprise, but it to I think to anyone who's watched him and paid close attention to him in college at all would be like, that's fair. Like, I mean, there's a reason at one point he was the consensus number one pick for a while. Like he's that good. He, I mean, just the like speed rushers nowadays. And he, he has great speed off the edge. I feel yep. like, and I, that's so valuable these days to be able to just fly by a guy on the offensive line. Like, and I think just great for them personally. <laughs> yep. I mean, for him to fall to five, I'll tell you, Ben, if if you were given Hutchinson to the Jags at one, Thibodeau was going to the Lions. Yes. I mean, I, I had him going to the Lions. And that would, in in my mind and in my where I'm set, if Hutchinson was off the board when the Lions pick at two, Thibodeau's the guy for me. I, I mean, I, I still, in there is that guy who destroyed as a freshman. And again, when he's healthy and on the field, you see the raw ability yes. and you know, he, he's ready for the NFL around the right coaching staff with his mind in the game. I, I do think he's going to produce and I'm with you. The giants would, they'd be thrilled if he was there at pick five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So moving on, this is tough for me. It's a for very Carolina. This pick. is <laughs> very difficult for me. Uh, a couple weeks back, I would have all but guaranteed they're going quarterback here because I I can't see them going with Sam Darnold. Absolutely. I know we know people who are insistent that he is a top 18 quarterback. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't think the Panthers <laughs> themselves see it. But... I mean, there supposedly have been talks about somehow getting Baker Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're trying to go after Baker, like you obviously don't believe in him. Exactly. And it also tells me, I don't know if they believe in the quarterbacks in this draft. Because they you got to believe it in their on training at pick six. They're probably going to get their pick of who they want. But if they're still sitting there going, nah, we, we're thinking about trading for Baker. I'm not sold that the Panthers are high on these guys. And I don't think they're sold on their own guy. So it wouldn't surprise me if during the draft they trade for Baker or later on in the off season, they trade for Baker, but um, Carolina has a huge offensive line need. Um, yes. So I'm going to go uh, Ika McQuanu, uh at this point. He rocks solid tackle uh, as high an upside on the offensive line as uh, anybody in this draft. And Carolina needs a tackle badly. I don't know if I've mentioned that. They need <laughs> a tackle badly. Uh, so they're just going to go with best tackle available at this point, and they will worry about the quarterback position later, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Who knows? Maybe it is Sam Darnold. Maybe he does turn into a top 18 yeah. quarterback, and they're going to look like geniuses for not even touching a quarterback in this draft. 
and here's the thing. I think um, I think the Bears did this a little bit last year with Matt Nagy and them. They felt so pressured to figure out the quarterback position that they took Justin Fields as like a like we need to figure this out. We need to like put a team out there, but the team wasn't ready. The team, right. the rest of the team wasn't ready. They didn't have an offensive line to protect him. And I, and if you're gonna skip on quarterback, this is a class you I would skip on quarterback. There's 100%. no star. Like, give it a year. And I know Matt Rules probably he's in that tight spot. Like, it's there's no guarantee his job is there after this year. So I'm sure there's definitely a chance to take quarterback if he feels like his job's on the line. Yep, it would not surprise me pick it here for that reason. They are desperate, yeah. and that was my original thought, but. But I think, like, I think this is the smart move. Protect. Like, I mean, Sam Darnold, I mean, he had, I mean, he looked terrible some games, but he did have a few good games earlier in the year where he looked like he could kind of do it. So, like, maybe you don't, maybe he can get them to, like, a with that little extra O-line help, get them to 9-8 and or something on the year. And then next save year, rules job. Yeah. yeah, save rules job, then target your quarterback of the future. Or if they get Baker and they have Baker just for one year and they just get them to carry them over the like that next year, like it's all they need to do. And just don't be stupid, don't be a Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah, so always helpful advice for any coach don't be a Matt Nagy, but especially for Matt Rule, yes. don't be a Matt Nagy. uh yeah um well on that note um we will flip back to the new york giants i'm just gonna fill their entire roster up apparently might as well ben Keck, giants gm yeah this is tempting because um they do need o-line help as well it's a big issue for them but james bradbury isn't going to be there forever so i'm really I like Derek Stingley. I'm really tempted to take a swing on him here. I don't know how Giants fans would feel just leaving Daniel Jones out to dry because they kind of are like saying he's the investment of the future. But as far as, I mean, the next best offensive tackle is Charles Cross. And I'm, I mean, he's solid, but I'm, I'm, I'm personally not huge on him by any means. But right. I don't. He's not at the level of Iquanu or, or Neil. Yes. And I think if either of those two are here, I know you're taking them in a heartbeat. Oh, but yeah. There are plenty of other options. You know, there are plenty of options at pick seven with, with the way the board's played out. Yep. And in this situation, if they, I mean, if they are in love with Cross, they're going to take it. And if they don't want to pick a cornerback here, I could definitely see them as an option for trade down. They, they could easily yeah. trade down from this spot. They already yeah. have their first so maybe they're like, well, maybe we can even trade down and wait on cross potentially, depending on how the draft plays out or how we see the other teams looking at players. But I'm going to do something a little different. And instead of taking the O-line, I'm going to take Derek Stingley. Okay. All right. I have a, I'm a big Derek Stingley guy. I can kind of wish I just could uh, cheat the system and get him to the Vikings at 12, but I'm yeah. not going to cheat the system because I don't think Sauce or him are making it out of the top 10. Um, yeah. doesn't sound like. I think Stingley's working his way back into the top 10. Uh, yep. So 
Is seven to the Giants makes sense? I think he's going to yep. go in that seven, eight, nine range. Yes, um, there's a, I would be surprised if he's still available after Seattle's pick at nine. Yeah. So I think uh, I think he I think his pro day he like there's a lot of health concerns and kind of where he s- slipped off. But I think his pro day really showed that his um, his injury he had wasn't he was clear of that. I mean he had four three speed like he looked fine. In terms yeah. of that, and I mean, the guy fell off, but his freshman season—if you just unreal watch any highlight videos of him—he's like absolutely ball hawk. He is all over the field. He's impactful in every which way. He's—I mean, he literally looks like—I mean, he looked like Jalen Ramsey. Like yes, he like, was it's just shut down. It's like no clue. And I—I actually. Saw a draft analyst today who, after his pro um, his pro day, actually has him as his number one overall player right now. That's the raw ability of Derek Stingley. If he's back to what he was as a freshman at LSU, he's as good as any player in this draft. And we talked early on. Walker has is the high upside guy. Thibodeau's uh, uh, loaded with potential. Derek Stingley, as a freshman, was the best cornerback in college football. And that was with guys like Jeff Okuda, who went top five. Yes, and he year. was, and Derek Stingley is going against SEC competition weekly basis. I mean, like, yeah. unbelievable. Alabama corners and Alabama, Georgia corners. And, oh, yeah, all those, I mean, all that, all that wide receiver talent that was drafted that he went up against his freshman oh, year. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, guy can he he's, can shut down NFL talent. He's already proved it. Like so yes. it's it's just a matter of getting back in the form of where he was at this point because he's definitely got the talent to do it. Yeah, if he hits on his talent and ability, um, the Giants just walked away in this draft with possibly the best edge rusher and possibly the best cornerback. Yes. Based on raw ability, if they can get these guys to live up to to what they they can do and what they're capable of. I do agree with you that the Giants here are in a great spot to trade down uh, and kind of bait a wide receiver needy team into yeah. that pick seven. Because there's uh, about to be a run on wide receivers in yes. four picks here. There's a yes. lot of wide receiver teams that are going to want to jump up. Yep. And... I'm telling you right now, with with that segue, we're going into the Atlanta pick. So that that whole Giants pick and the trading down, if there's anyone who values Garrett Wilson or really wants Jamison Williams and and they think Atlanta could take one of those guys from them, Giants at seven would be a key spot. Watch out for that trade down. Uh, With that being said, Atlanta is in need of wide receivers. In deep, deep need of wide receivers. (laughs) Um, I also don't think their quarterback of the future is on the roster. Sorry, Marcus Mariota. Uh, <laughs> sorry to burst your bubble to all you Mariota fans out there. <laughs> don't think he's the quarterback of the future. So intriguing wild card would be Malik Willis here. I don't think they're going to do it, but crazier things have happened. Um, I have Atlanta going with Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Um it depends who you talk to as to whether Wilson or Jamison Williams is the best receiver in this class. It would not surprise me, despite the injury 
if Williams still went top 10 and went to Atlanta here because his upside is through the roof. Uh, but Garrett Wilson is a solid player, solid receiver. Um, and Atlanta needs receivers. So uh, the pick just makes sense to me. They're going to take the playmaker, build him up, and and make him a focal point of their offense from day one. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Garrett Wilson is just, I mean, he's electric. Like, I mean, part of that, I mean, there's part of the ridiculous Ohio State offense that has two top 20 wide receivers. In this oh, bus, gosh. So. <laughs> two top 20 in this draft. And then I, he, Wilson and Olave, who are in this draft, probably weren't the best, res, the top guy on that <laughs> roster. Smith and Jig was not draft eligible, and he might yep. go number one, like not one number one overall, but he might have been the top receiver in this draft. Like it, yeah. it's He's, the amount of talent in that wide receiver room in Columbus is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, way way to hold your your bias against Ohio State there. Oh, I, it it <laughs> sickens me. Like I, I was at the Michigan Ohio State game, was so thrilled that we won, but I, I was I, jaw was dropped watching Smith and Jigba make plays, and Wilson too made an unreal catch for a touchdown in that in that game, and he's as good a receiver as anyone in this draft. Atlanta fans should be happy if they take him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And with that being said, now we are on to pick number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. And again, this could potentially be that first quarterback off the board, whether they value Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett more. But there is also a need for offensive line again. Yep. Seahawks. Yep. It's, it's like Charles Cross. I mean, he's. I mean, he's supposed to be a top 10 pick, ideally, you're thinking. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rock-solid so like, ability. Yeah. I mean, so I think, this, and honestly, I am realizing there is a probably a decent percent chance that a quarterback does get drafted in the top 10 because someone's going to trade up or someone's going to pull the trigger because they absolutely right. just – they just can't hold it in and they absolutely need it or for some reason. Yep. And, but I'm going to go against better judgment and I'm going to kind of do the same thing that we've done with, with Carolina in that situation where you like, do they need a quarterback? Obviously, but let's build up that offensive line. Let's be able yeah. to protect whoever's behind us before we do anything else. Like we need to be able to protect. And with that being said, I, I'm gonna go ahead, and I am gonna take Charles Cross out of the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State for them, because I think that is a ideal situation for them to have one of the top three offensive tackles make it down to them, and I think that's a situation where potentially then they don't feel forced to take um, a quarterback. And if Pete, if Pete Carroll's like questioning whether he wants to retire or not, if Pete, if they know Pete Carroll's there long term then because he's not going to get fired like i don't right. see him getting fired he's no. kind of sewn up like i'll retire when i retire and that's when my career is done and no one's going to take my job as a seattle coach from me um so i think if he is that guy i think why not because he can get a quarterback next year that he wants like just take charles cross 
build, start building up that line like we talked about, like Carolina. Let's build it up. Let's be able to protect whoever's behind us for the future. And let's make sure, because again, Russell Wilson was another quarterback who was just absolutely eaten alive. And yep. it's just like, yep. he's got, he had injury issues. He was out last year because his offensive line was terrible and couldn't protect for him. And you have all that, those weapons out there to throw to and like, you, you can't, can't get the ball to him. him. Yeah, you can't block long enough to get the ball to him. I, so. I think it's, you have Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league at evading pressure. He was pressured that much. He's constantly evading pressure. I crosses the right play here. He's is he's in a solid pass protector. Um, run blocking, we just haven't seen enough of it. Uh, yes. But the raw abilities there, he played at Mississippi State, which throws the ball 200 times a game. So he was in <laughs> pass protection about 99% of the time. It's not that he can't run block. He just hasn't been asked to do it a whole lot. Yeah. So he's a solid, and you said he's supposed to go top 10. He's a future left tackle. Seattle needs a tackle. I don't think they're going quarterback here. Could they? Yes. Um, they also have picks 40 and picks 41. If there's really a quarterback that they like that's still available late first round, Seattle might be one of those teams that packages two seconds or a second and a third to hop back into the late yeah. first round and then get their quarterback if they want. I Otherwise, they're going to be content to just chill with Drew Locke for a year. I was going to say, I could see if, um, if Pickett or Malik Willis start sliding a little bit and Seattle loves one of them, and I did see Seattle does like Malik Willis, so there is potential that I think if, like you said, the opportunity presents itself and Malik Willis started to slide to a point where they were comfortable drafting him, they have those two second-round picks, like, let's trade up and let's go get them if they're confident that that's worth their while, at least. Right. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, now we're back to the Jets. And at this point, looking at the board, they could go anywhere with this pick um, as far as they could use um, D-line help, O-line help. They could go... Again, and they, they need a wide anywhere. receiver. <laughs> like they could go wide receiver. I mean, they they need players. Um, I'm going to give them the receiver on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with with. Uh, hold on, where am I looking? I'm going to go Drake <laughs> London from USC. Uh, that big physical presence can catch touchdowns on the outside. Um, you know, he's going to be that physical lob the ball up type of receiver who, who can make plays. I, I think this is the type of guy that if you pair him with Elijah Moore is going to be rock solid. Wilson needs players. Yes. Uh, now with that being said, if the jets were to go out and make a move for Debo Samuel, who's out there, yes. that changes the complexion of this pick entirely. Um, of the draft because there's a potential they might not have pick four <laughs> if they ended right. up doing a trade like right. that's the, this whole draft gets turned upside down all of a sudden yes exactly um it, i'd be curious to see if they make that move because again they were in it for hill before he went to miami 
So they're definitely actively looking. If they don't trade for a receiver, they're taking one. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Um, I, this could also be Jamison Williams. I just, you know, with Williams' injury and London's ability on the outside, I think London's a solid pick here. So I went London to uh, London to the Jets. And I, I like that. I think that's I think that's a great pick. Like you said, I mean, they need to they need to help Zach Wilson in whichever way they can. And I think the ability to get that other guy that I mean, like you said, he complements Elijah Moore so well. And yeah, I think that's the key there. Like someone who can complement Elijah Moore and they can play to each other's strengths then. And that's going to be just massive for them. And we'll be able to for the Jets to decide, I think, if Zach Wilson is their guy or not, if he's capable of doing what he needs to do, if they give him these weapons that they are trying to at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the biggest thing when you have a young quarterback. Teams sometimes make the mistake of not giving them enough playmakers uh, to help that development and help them grow. Uh, the Jets have an opportunity here to get Wilson playmakers. And, uh, again, London fits. Yes. The Commanders, they're, they're up next. And, and the Commanders are in an interesting spot because I, I think from their talent level, they underachieved. But that's Absolutely. because they, got, they had injury issues. They had inconsistent quarterback play. They believe they've improved the quarterback room with Carson Wentz. I don't know Except if I when, buy that. But Taylor, they, he's going to have that job by week four. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Yes. With that being said, I think Washington's going to look and, and go best player available regardless of position. And at that point, I believe it to be Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Oh. Um. He didn't run a great forty. He ran a four seven. But he's the top safety in this class on playmaking ability, instincts, uh, being able to read plays, make plays. A month ago, a lot of people had him going top five, top seven. Yes, they did. So I, if they, if Washington got Kyle Hamilton, I, I think they would be ecstatic. In their eyes, they're probably getting a top five, top seven player at pick 11 who can help shore up the secondary uh, and add to that defense, which already has some some playmakers. Um, so Kyle Hamilton here is where I'm going to go. And uh, just because he's he's a rock-solid player, it, available for him at pick 11 and kind of fits a need. Perfect. I mean, I like it. I mean, Kyle Hamilton is a, I mean, he's one of those game-changing safeties. I mean, safety a lot of time isn't necessarily, it's not a valued position by a lot of teams. Because they don't view it that way, but when you got a guy like Kyle Hamilton who is game changing, when you put him up there with, I don't know the likes of, um, I'm blanking on safeties right now, but like Derwin James, and which is in yeah. a good instance because Derwin James has been hurt, but uh, Derwin Harrison Smith, Vikings, for example, for like, years, he, yeah, yeah, Harrison he, Smith has been solid. He's, I mean, he's, you, you always do your middle linebacker as kind of like your quarterback of the defense, but like safeties a lot of times can be too because they can see the whole field they can see yeah. everything play out in front of them from where they're standing and if you've got a good safety you can read the defense i know for the vikings at least harrison smith's he's the one who's calling audibles half the time he's the one running up to the line yelling at his guys like pointing things out for like 
everyone on the field. Like he he can see everything. And you've got a guy who is dynamic and like that who can just take the pressure off some cornerbacks as well. Like it's just absolutely yeah. game changing player. It's like you can't go wrong with him. And I think I think it is a little bit of a I think people read a little bit too much into his um, 40 time and 40 time. I know. Yeah, it, he should be. I mean, he should be a top five, six pick. Like he shouldn't yeah. have got outside the top 10, but I think he's going to fall because of that, which is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He ran a poor 40. Everything else matches up. And if you, you watch his tape, he's as solid a safety as they come. So, yes. I, I mean, and you, you've spoken to the value of an impact safety and, and, Hamilton is the guy who can be an impact safety. Absolutely. Um, continuing on, then we got number twelve, the Minnesota Vikings. Your Vikings, uh, Ben. Where are we going? Oh, it's so difficult. There's so many up teams. Oh, it's. I mean, the obvious need is defensive back for them. Yeah. Um, I was actually tempted to take Kyle Hamilton because Harris Smith's getting old, and they need another safety. If he would have fell there, but. I don't think that's the option. It's also it's tempted to take a wide receiver because they don't need it, but Adam Thielen's getting up there in age. You can never have too much talent for Kirk Cousins to be able to throw that ball. Right. Um, there's the uh, in- interior, interior offensive line needs, which I don't love taking interior offensive linemen this high. This high, it's, I know. It, I know. It's, it's risky. I know Zion Johnson, I do love him, and I think he's one-of-a-kind talent. But I am going to go with a guy I think is just very solid and everything I've kind of picked up on him is that he will just, he has potential to be great, but he just has a very high floor in a situation. I think that's Trent McDuffie from Washington, the cornerback. Um, I think he is a solid cornerback. I'm, he's obviously, I think the outside of the top two, Gardner and Stingley, he's that next step. And then I think there's a so Gardner and Stingley, there's a drop off, uh, a, I would semi drop off to Trent McDuffie. But then after Trent McDuffie, then it goes down to a, to a different yep. tier. And yep. so I think there's, I think he's a very just solid cornerback. I think he can come and he can play with the Vikings right away. I don't think, I think he's just. He's ready. He's NFL ready. He's like shown he can play against good offenses. So I think this is a solid pick. Washington has a has for some reason I don't know how that, but they produce cornerbacks like it's their day job. It feels like yeah, they have a track record. There's been as many quarterbacks coming out of Washington in the last decade as there's been anywhere. Yeah, and the guys and, are pretty good that are coming out. Yes, and I think Trent McDuffie's no exception. I think he'll be able to jump in with the Viking secondary right away. Um, and he'll be able to probably take Patrick Peterson's spot on the outside or Cameron Dantzler's spot on the outside. Either one. You can take either one. Um, but I think he'll be able... And I think also the Vikings would be smart to take a cornerback no matter where this plays out. Even yeah. if Trent McDuffie's gone here, you might even trade down and then try to take Andrew Booth because yeah. I think you have... Patrick Peterson, who's on a one-year deal, who can mentor whichever cornerback you bring in and teach them. And I think that's going to be huge for them. So I think 
use Patrick Peterson while you have him to teach yep. these young guys. Yep. Like we need all the help they can get in the secondary, which is shocking because that used to be such a strong spot for the Vikings for so yeah. many oh, years. Oh yeah. <laughs> Roads so, closed for a while there, you know. Yeah. Like they had good corners. Um, I went to the the Michigan Washington game in Ann Arbor this year, and McDuffie and, and mind you, Michigan made the college football playoff played against Georgia. McDuffie yes. was the cornerback they had the most trouble with all season. Uh, yeah. Michigan only threw the ball for like 40-something yards that game. They won the game because they ran it all over Washington. <laughs> but, like, whoever McDuffie was on, he blanketed that Michigan receiver. Um, he is as rock solid as they get. He may not have the upside as Stingley or Gardner, but he's he's going to be a solid NFL cornerback for years. And I mean, especially for a team that needs cornerbacks like the Vikings do, it's a solid pick. Yeah. Um, then next up, then we do have Houston Texans. Um, this is my pick again. Um, cause the whole Vikings fiasco. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But, right. Um, Texans again, they, they, you can draft pretty much any position you want at this point, but, and this is going to be – it could be controversial. I'm not sure how you feel about this player specifically. But this person – I've seen this person not in the first round. I've seen them in the top ten. I've seen them everywhere. Like, it's – but I said they need help in the trenches. I'm going to give them on the flip side because they gave me the offensive tackle of a deal with the first pick. And in this situation, I'm going to give them Jermaine Johnson, FSU. And, I mean, you want to talk about someone who absolutely just – destroyed people at the senior bowl like he was I w- i've never seen so many highlights of a player coming out of the senior bowl he was throwing people around it was like there were just no one in front yeah. of him he was i mean he's obviously been pro- he was pretty productive at fsu too but like i think he's got some off field concerns yeah but, I mean, geez like he oh he, billy man <laughs> i mean to be able to throw I mean, some bodies the way he did around at the Senior Bowl, like uh, the physicality, the strength he has is oh yeah, out of this world. Like, take the risk. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I I don't I don't understand the people that are like saying, oh no way we take him. Like he they don't have him on the first round. Like I'm like, just like, but he's, did you watch the tape? You know, like jeez. <laughs> I, I, you said it. He's as polarizing a player, just where people have him going. Looked at a couple mocks over the last couple of days. One had him at three to Houston. <laughs> so mind you, Houston in this one gets him at thirteen. I saw him going as low as the late twenties, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I, I mean, how? What I've seen, everything I've read, um. He's going in the top half of this draft. He's way too talented to not be. And if yeah. Houston got him here and they pair him with Neil, this is a home run. I mean, what he's capable of being is it, as good as any pass rusher in this draft. And there are a lot of good pass rushers in this draft. Um, yes. He a has lot of that pass. kind of potential. So this would be a great pick for Houston at 13. Uh, home run, and it's the right pick here. I'm I'm with you. It's a pick that makes sense. 
Moving on to 14. So I have 14. That is the Baltimore Ravens. And here, and it, selfishly as a Michigan fan, it's where it hurts my heart to see David Ojabo uh, get injured during his pro day because the ties would have made too much sense. I would have loved to put David Ojabo here at 14 for the Baltimore Ravens. They just hired the University of Michigan's defensive coordinator to be their own defensive coordinator. He knows Ojabo well. Unfortunately, they can't do it at 14. They just can't. <laughs> they do need help in the trenches, though, defensive tackle. And there is no one with bigger upside or a bigger body, maybe, in this draft than Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle, from Georgia. And I know people had concerns of, about um, his electric ability be, at that size. You know, can he be a three down player? Is he just going to be a run stuffer? And then he lit it up at the combine. And I, I think just with the way this board falls, the need Baltimore has and the type of ability in the middle of that defense that Davis can provide, I don't think Baltimore can pass him up here. I think they go Jordan Davis out of uh, Georgia. Uh, absolutely. I mean, if you weren't going to take him, I was going to take him in Philly the next pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I was, Philly would be praying for him to fall at that point. Yeah. I fun. mean, he's a freak. I mean, he's a, one of those guys. I mean, like, he's a guy when you watch Georgia, which is, I mean, this is a wild stat to think. I mean, just wild that Georgia's going to have probably seven players from their defense drafted in the top 70 this year. Their defense that's was crazy. absurd. And that's not, and that's just their defense. They'll have offensive players draft too. They got Pickett, oh, yeah. the wide receiver. Pickett's the wide receiver is very good. Yeah, he, yeah, he's going top two round probably. Yeah, but to say, I mean, just how much, if you watch Georgia at all this year, how much Jordan Davis stuck out. Like, oh. <laughs> like I mean, that's just, I mean, to, to say you have seven players who are getting drafted in the top 70 and Jordan Davis, a defensive tackle, stood out. <laughs> yes. 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 That's that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it's not like the most, it's not the sexy or the big valuable position, but he stood out and that means something. And I mean, I, that he's an impact player. He's not, I mean, I'm not going to say Aaron Donald, but. That it's there. He has pass rush ability, and he can. He's not just run. So it's it's there. <laughs> yes, it's there. <laughs> it's definitely there. Okay. Oh uh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next up at 15 is the Philadelphia Eagles, and like I said, I was going to take Jordan Davis, so it's unfortunate that I can't. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> um. And. This is a situation here because there, again, there's this, there's a run on wide receivers coming again. Yep, it's going to happen. And I think Philly, with one of their two picks, would be taking a wide receiver in, in their situation. Despite they've taken one in the past two drafts, I think they need another one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Jalen Rieger's not an answer. Rieger but, over Justin Jefferson was ridiculous. It has not yeah. paid off for Philly whatsoever. Yes. So, by those means, 
I'm going to take Jamison Williams here. Yeah. And I think this is um, the smart pick for them. I think they can. They just need to give weapons. And some people have said Eagles quarterback, but they're. I think they're committed to Hurts for this year. They're they're going to give him another shot. He didn't. He did good enough job to get them where they needed to be. So I think to give him another year and kind of see what happens and give him another weapon to use. I mean, Jamison Williams obviously hurt, so he might not play half the year. But if you were willing, if you were able to succeed without him last year with those crappy wide receivers um, outside of Devontae Smith, I think you can wait till about the halfway point and un- unleash him, hopefully, at the halfway point. 100%. They're in the NFC East. Somebody other than the Cowboys are going to win that division this year because that's how it works. Uh, it very well could be Philly and you said it there's not necessarily a rush to get Williams back they can be patient while he while he gets healthy Um, and but when he does to be able to pair him with uh, Devonta Smith and and Hurts I I mean that's an electric passing attack and Williams is. is as good as any receiver in this class Maybe the best receiver when he's healthy. Uh, this is a solid move and the right move here. Again, just like you had that issue with Davis last move, if if you weren't going Jamison Williams here, <laughs> I was going uh, New Orleans at the next pick was was going to take him. So uh, it's it's a good move for Philly. Ideally, no team wants to draft three receivers in the first round in three straight years. They're kind of stuck. They have to because they missed on the first guy. Uh, but this one is going to be a hit. I, Williams is solid. And it's I, uh, it's the right move. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, New Orleans here at the next pick. They need a receiver. At some point, they need a receiver. Do they pick them here? Do they ride them out? Do they they wait and see uh, who's available at, at pick 19 um, and, and maybe pick an offensive lineman or quarterback? Who knows? Um, they also they traded up for a reason. They've got something in mind. Uh, I think they're either pairing a receiver with a quarterback or a receiver with uh, an offensive tackle need. Um I'm going to say just looking at the spot, their receiver may not be available at pick 19. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to give them Chris Olave from Ohio State. Um, Traylon Burks is an opportunity, could go here, as well as a handful of other guys. Uh, there are about seven, eight receivers you could make an argument Absolutely. <laughs> end up in the first round. And, and at pick eight, uh, 16 here, if they went – they could go any which way on any one of them, and you'd be like, oh, okay, I get the pick here. Um, but, I, yeah, I can't guarantee Olave's there when they pick at 19 because someone may feel the need with Olave sitting there to jump up. So uh, I'm going to go Olave from Ohio State, and they get the receiver they want, and they'll sit back and wait for their tackle or quarterback or whoever they want at 19. I actually – I personally like Olave – you might be you might be my favorite receiver in the class, 
I just think he does everything so so well. It's just he's very yeah. well rounded. Oh yeah. Um, and I just there's something about him. I, I I don't know. I'm just drawn to him. Like when I watch him play, I just I just like watching him play. He's he's a, everything about him is just very well rounded. He's going to be a solid wide receiver. He's one of those guys I think I I look at as um high floor he's got a high floor yes. like, like we've said a few times today like he's one of those guys who's got a high floor like he 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 might end up being like just a very solid wide receiver and maybe not like the consistent perennial all pro pro bowler but he he's got the floor that he, he should be fine in the nfl and make impact no matter yeah. what you said it. he's very fluid he does a lot of things well uh he's got good hands he's fast He's a very good route runner. He finds ways to get open. Um, he, he's just a good receiver. He may not have the upper potential of some of the other guys in this draft, but you're getting a guy who's going to be solid and, and produce, and New Orleans needs a guy who's solid and, and can produce. So uh, this would be a good pick for them with the way the board's played out. I don't yes. think they would be upset with Chris Olave there at, at pick 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, then we have 17, the Los Angeles Chargers, and I think their dream scenario—they've had a great off season in general. I think their dream scenario would honestly somehow being able to get their hands on Jordan Davis. Yeah, so they want it. They're looking at interior defensive line here, or potentially an offensive tackle. I don't love any of the offensive tackles that are left because they're probably all projects for the most part, a little bit yeah. more than the top three. So. I think a pick here is they're just going to take um, Jordan Davis's teammate in Devontae Wyatt, yep. the other um, defensive tackle. I think it's a situation they're happy, and I think in that situation, um, Philly's probably a little upset again because they missed out on another defensive tackle right yep. before their pick. Yep. <laughs> um, but I think Chargers need that. They need defense. They need interior defensive linemen. They have obviously Bosa on the outside. They've built up their secondary extremely well. They have good linebackers. They're missing interior defensive line, and I think interior defensive linemen. And it's going to help them stop the run. I mean, not that that's necessarily their biggest concern when you have some of the most talented quarterbacks in your division who are yep. throwing the football most of the time. But being able to create pressure from every angle. Um, just even up the gut, I think it's going to be huge for them. Just adding more talent to that defense because you know your offense has got the firepower already, and they'll be able to put up points. So oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, they they have offensive playmakers. You said it. Uh, they have solid defensive playmakers. I mean, it, it's a team loaded with playmakers, but to fit that need at tackle, to be able to to run stuff and. Why it's a solid player at this point. I mean, he, we saw what kind of havoc he wrecked on on offenses this year. Yes. Him and Davis are were a, a nasty pair. Uh, and it's why Georgia was one of the best defenses ever. Wyatt is a beast. And I, I think Charger fans would be more than happy with that pick here. It's, yes. a, it's a pick that's rock solid and makes sense. All right, Philly, they're back again. Um, and mind you, they made a trade with New Orleans. They originally had three first-round picks in the span of, like, yes. five slots. <laughs> um, 
So they're back on the clock here at pick 18. Uh, they got their receiver at 15 in Williams. They have a couple other spots where they could use help. I'm saying they're going to fill their their inside linebacker need. I think they take Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Um, rock solid, pounder, up uh, in the middle of that defense, uh, makes plays, was, was the leader of that Utah defense this year uh, on a team that won the Pac-12 and uh, almost beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Devin Lloyd is as good a linebacker as there is in this class. Uh, Philly has a need for it, and he can be that missing piece in the middle of their defense for for years to come. Uh, you know, nothing about an inside linebacker is flashy, but if you don't have a good one, you notice it. And absolutely, uh, you know, Philly's going to take advantage with their second first round pick and and get one of, if not the best, linebacker in this class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that. Um, I think Devin Lloyd's. I mean, he's a freak. I mean, he's a he's a he's a high effort player too. Yeah, and that's it's, I I I don't think a lot of times like those high high effort, those high effort players sometimes they fall super far in the draft, and I think we're seeing it more common now that they're staying up towards the top of the draft because people realize how much like like Hunter Renfro being taken like the fifth round, like right. he's a high effort guy, like. He's going to produce like he's going his work ethic is out of this world. He's going to bust his ass to do this. And I think that's um, I think that's like just a trait that's I think there people are starting to value more. It's not yeah. necessarily going overlooked like it has a lot in the past. And I think Devin Lloyd is a great example of that. And he'll produce because he is just someone who absolutely has that work ethic and is going to just work his butt off no matter what. Oh yeah, high effort, high IQ, and good skill on top of it. You know, yes, obviously, yes. it's not like he's lacking skill, right? <laughs> Definitely not. No, but no doubt those those attributes that you talked about, his work ethic, um, his smarts, his ability to to lead a defense and be a part of that, growing and building that culture in Philly. Uh, I just think it's a solid pick here that that fits a need, and it's at pick eighteen, solid value. So go with it. And walk away with your solid receiver and uh, uh, impact linebacker. Yes, for sure. And with that, um, we got the New Orleans Saints now. This whole Philly trade nonsense is uh, Eagles I, I Saints, feel, Chargers, Eagles Saints. Saints. Yeah, it's it's too much. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, I think here the Saints again. Quarterback talk will be surrounding them here. Yeah. Um, if, but they did sign Jameis to a multi-year contract, I believe. So that doesn't make me think maybe it's this year that they, they're not necessarily looking for it. I'm a little shocked we don't have a quarterback take them. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> me too. It <laughs> must tell us, everyone listening, you have an idea of how Ben and I view this quarterback class. <laughs> yes. I think. <laughs> I think it's very obvious. <laughs> not fans. Not, not fans at all. A lot of potential from some of them, but they're projects. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but with that being said, they do have a needed offensive line. Um, they did lose, I mean, offensive tackle. They did lose Arms, Armstead, Armstead. Yeah, yeah. to the to the Dolphins. He yeah. had injury problems, but they do need offensive tackle. And with this pick, I think it could go two different guys here. 
Um, both smaller school offensive tackles who are the next two um, big tackles on the board yeah. and their projects, but that raw physical abilities there. Um, and this one specifically, I'm going to go Trevor Penning. I have a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. And I think this is a solid pick for them. He's the he's str- he's got a lot of strength, <laughs> raw oh, physical yeah. strength. Physical he, strength. He was big man. He was one of the only ones I believe who actually semi held his own against uh, Jermaine Johnson. I think Jermaine Johnson threw to the ground, but there was a player too where he actually held his own. In the senior bowl against Jermaine Johnson. That did so not that, happen very many times. So yeah. That says a little bit about Trevor Penning. So yeah. that beat, but he also was able to commit, like hold it <laughs> yes. a few times. So like if he's able to do that against a guy who a freak like that, and he's from um University of Northern Iowa, correct? Yes, Northern yes, Iowa. Yes, Northern so Iowa. He's Northern FCS, Iowa. FCS school. So he proved he can handle the competition at the senior bowl with some of the bigger schools. And um, that's big. Yeah. So I think I think it's a solid pick. He's a project, obviously. Um, but his athlete, he's a great athlete, and he's got great explosion um, yeah. for everything. So I think um, project might not show up the first year or struggle the first year, but I think second and third years, I think he'll pan out a little bit, and he could be something special for them to help um, fill that void that they lost with Armstead. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Ben. I, I think the floor for Penning is that he's still a solid run-blocking tackle. Yes. And there's a need for those in the NFL. But the athletic ability, develop for a year or two, you have a pretty high-ceiling tackle here. You know, I and this is a tackle-deep class, but he's part of the reason why. If Penning reaches his potential, he's he's going to be a, a very solid uh, left tackle for for the next decade. So, uh, and slides right in, fills Armstead's role, and, and New Orleans would be thrilled with that. You know, they get the receiver, they get the tackle that they need. I think that's why they traded back into the first round because they saw they had a desperate need at both those spots. Um, and I, they'd be more than thrilled walking out of here with uh, Olave and Penning. Yes, for sure. Now, with how our mock draft played out, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. They didn't have to trade up. Now, we're not doing (laughs) trades, so they wouldn't trade up in this mock anyway. But with how the board went, they wouldn't have had to trade up for a quarterback. They're going to sit here and have to actually debate, take the hometown guy in Kenny Pickett, who played college ball at Heinz Field, that's true. Or take the guy with raw upside, the most upside in this class, probably in Malik Willis. If the board plays this way, Pittsburgh is definitely taking a quarterback. Sorry to all the Kenny Pickett fans out there. I don't see how he moves the needle for the Steelers in the future when they're in a division with Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Deshaun Watson. They need to take a flyer on the guy that has the potential to be as good as them. And the only guy in this class is Malik Willis that can have that ceiling. The Pittsburgh Steelers are an ideal situation for him. They can sit him for a year or two behind Trubisky, develop him, let him grow into the role, 
Mike Tomlin and staff are as good as anyone in the NFL. This is a great spot for Malik Willis. Um, and Maybe if he went to Pittsburgh, I would trust he would hit his full potential. And you're looking at a, you know, we talk about the AFC West right now with four top tier quarterbacks. We might be talking about um, the AFC North in, in two or three years if this actually hits and the Steelers get Malik Willis. I don't know if he's going to be there at 20 come Thursday, but he is today. And Steelers fans, you should be ecstatic that you didn't have to trade up and you get this guy at 20. Yes. Because um, this is the one guy I could see people trading up for. And it just makes too much sense. Take the guy with the highest ceiling, the raw potential. You can start Trubisky for a year or two and put Willis in when he's ready. But the Steelers need their quarterback to be able to compete in that division. And they got to take him if Willis is there. And I think, I mean, Malik Willis has been linked to the Steelers for like, I don't know, it feels like since he, well, since like the draft process started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> seems like, oh, yeah. It seems like every, Malik Willis just keeps going back to them. And, and, and like, he's got a few other links to Seattle and even the Lions, which I thought was wild. And maybe if he fell to 32, yeah. the Lions would be on that. But, um, but in this situation, I mean, the Steelers have been the most consistent team that he's been linked to, and I think, like you said, they were all upside. To be, to be able to have the mobility that Malik Willis does and the absolute cannon of an arm, like, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the, you said the raw ability. He's mobile. He's got a strong arm. He, you know, it, it's the other things that he just needs time to develop, but in yeah. the right situation with the right development, the raw ability is as good as, you know, as good as we've seen. So, yeah. right and situation have, sits for a little bit. Yep, you have a great coaching staff in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you they, do. They ha- they don't have much turnover there in terms of coaching staff. I feel like Tomlin's obviously been there for a really long time, and they've really, I think, they just really have a good coaching staff. So, I think development wise, they're a perfect situation for him to be there. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. If the board falls this way on Thursday, I we, we talked about Hutchinson being the whole, there's no hesitation if he was there when the Lions pick. There's no hesitation if when Pittsburgh pits, picks if uh, Malik Willis is there. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Not, <laughs> not any question. Okay. Um, moving on, we have uh, the 21st pick, the New England Patriots. And... There is a player, at least on my board, fell a little bit further than I thought he would. I'm not sure if he's on your board that way. But, and I mean, there's a few different positions they could be looking at, the New England Patriots. Um, but I think wide receiver is one of them. And there's a little gap for me in my next wide receiver. But there's a, um, I talked about him with the Vikings, interior lineman. And this is a need for the Patriots. They do need another interior lineman. And I think. They'd be thrilled to see Zion Johnson here. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that he's kind of in the teens range, a lot of people are saying about him. But I think the pick is Zion Johnson from Boston College. He's he's been done wonders for his stock in the pre-draft process. Kind of just shot up a little bit. And I think he is absolutely a solid solid starter for many years in the NFL in an interior line um, position. Um, the fact that, I mean, the fact that I was talking about him 
all the way up at 12 should say something like oh yeah oh yeah interior yeah. linemen you don't take really until you get past pick 15 a lot of times yeah they're back half of the first round at earliest and you could make an argument for zion johnson at 12 like you you could yeah values why you didn't pick him there but he's as solid an interior line prospect as you're going to get money in the bank like you said solid guard for the next decade and this is a patriots type of pick this is. is what they do um yes the patriots need receiver help they don't take receivers in the first round the one time they did it was Nikhil harry how did that turn out for them so <laughs> you know they just don't do it this is more belichick roots we build on the lines we build in the defensive secondary that's where our draft capital is going to go and Zion Johnson fits like Boston College stays in Massachusetts, plays for the Patriots and is going to be a, a solid player. I think there are teams behind New England that are going to be crying because Zion Johnson isn't there when they pick. Yeah. Um, you know, he it's it's a solid pick here at 21. Great value. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's OK to not attempt to swing for the fences every single pick sometimes you got to hit singles and doubles and, and, and that's what the patriots do <laughs> they do it as well as anyone yeah and this is a solid double and doubles when stacked up against each other still score runs you know like it, yes. it's it's this is a great pick for the patriots here all right packer fans quarterback um <laughs> let's look and list your team needs um Wide receiver, wide receiver, <laughs> wide receiver. Are you sure there's not a quarterback in there? <laughs> there, there, there might be. There might okay. be. Okay. There might be. I truthfully, they have two first round picks. I, I, they might trade up and draft Willis. You know, I mean, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have your backup's backup ready to go. You don't yep. know how this is going to line up, you know? Hey, they're king. They're kings of the su succession plan. They always, they have succession. They love exactly. to do <laughs> You know, th the saying is if you have two quarterbacks, then you really don't have any. But there's nothing about three quarterbacks, you know? It's all about trying to stack your deck. Um, I, One of these picks is going to be a receiver, right? I know it's not yes. in the Packers' DNA. But it has to be. And it, it has to be, right? They, they can't not. And there's a team, there's two teams right after them who are in potential needs for receivers as well yep. at this pick. So I, I, would, I don't think they could wait till pick 28 to get maybe the guy they want. I think the guy they want would be gone if they don't take yep. it now. Yep. And I, I think it's going to be receiver here. I wish I had any intel as to which one the Packers are going to go with because there's about five or six I could make a legitimate argument for. Um, I'm going to pick the guy that based on value that from, from my list and other people's lists makes sense here. It may not be where the Packers go on Thursday. I'm going to go uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. That's what I was thinking. Um, but... You know, it depends on what the Packers value the most out of their receiver prospects. And again, there there could be any one of five or six guys that they could pick at pick 22. Um, and it, it makes sense. 
There are guys that are projected to go in the second round that have raw upside, and if they went back half of the first round, I would not be surprised. The Packers might like one of those guys more than Trey uh, Traylon Burks here. So uh, i got to give him a receiver at some point. That's the guy that makes the most sense to me, and he's going at pick 22. Yes, I think, and I think he's good. I think um, I think he's a solid wide receiver. I think he can fit what the Packers want to do. He's he's I think I think he's good. He's a very 50-50 jump ball guy, and he's good yeah. at that. And that gives Rodgers what he loves to do with Adams when he was in the red zone was kind of that 50-50 ball to the corner, lob it up there, kind of let him fight for it. And I think he's great for that situation. Um, you got your speed guy with Sammy Watkins. I know everyone's maybe not happy that Sammy Watkins is the right. speed guy. You got two second round picks. You can take another wide receiver if you really exactly. want. Exactly. But I think Traylon Burks is a great guy. I think he's physical. He's in this upper tier. He's he's at the he's like to me he's the at he's the last one. And I think there's a little bit of a drop off for me and wide I, receivers. I, there's I, like I, there's 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 really good receivers still, but I think there's a little drop off after him. Personally. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you as far as, I, I mean, me personally, too, the guys behind Burks have more question marks. You know, yes. if the Packers view one of those guys is better than Burks, that's their opinion, that's their board, and and you know what, okay, pick 22, you like receiver X over receiver Y over Burks, you know, okay, go for it. But I, I'm with you, I think Burke ha- Burks has less question marks. He's a playmaker. He, he You know, turn on an Arkansas game or watch highlights of any Arkansas game, and even the top-tier defenses in the SEC struggled to keep him out of the end zone. Yes. And Arkansas would use him in so many different ways. You said a 50-50 jump ball guy. They'd be throwing screen passes to him. Yeah, and He's, um, big, he's a big body. He's, he's a big he's body. Two, he's 225. So he makes contact with people, and he breaks tackles. Like, he's oh, not yeah. afraid to shy away from contact, which is a good no, I mean, not he's not like He's not like your – I mean, he's got decent speed. But he's not like your typical, um, like screen guy. They're using because he's a big, he's a big body, and he can run through you. <laughs> yes, yes, he can. Yeah. And I, you know, I know he he's slipping a little bit because he ran a disappointing forty. Yes. But he plays faster than his forty. I would agree was. with that as well. Yes. So this is a solid pick for Green Bay, and they they just need playmakers. They just need playmakers, and and um. This guy is the best one on the board in in my eyes, and I think in your eyes too. It just makes sense. Yes, yeah. Um, moving on to Arizona, then I think this. If I was Arizona, if Traylon Burks was here, I would have taken Traylon Burks. If I was Arizona, yes. it would be a nice pick for them. Um, Kyler's complained about how um, there's been well. Not necessarily Kyler's complained, but there's been a few of his ex-teammates who came out and Chase Edmonds and Patrick Peterson both came out and said they're not supplying Kyler with enough weapons, which I think is a little strong statement considering they wouldn't trade for DeAndre Hopkins. But yep, yep, <laughs> um, trade for DeAndre Hopkins, signed AJ Green, and Kristen Kirk just left and got a sixteen million dollar a year contract. But they're not trying to know. help. <laughs> um. Uh, anyways, I think the board played out though into a situation where they're not going to actually do something to help Kyler. They're, they're, they do need help on defense. And they yes, need they help do. At cornerback. And yes, they do. I think Andrew Booth Jr. Um, yeah. from Clemson is the guy here for them. I think, I mean, he's a guy I've seen go 
in I've seen him go to the Vikings. There's been situations where Trent McDuffie's been taken before by Washington, and then people take Booth for the Vikings. And yeah, like, that's he he's he's played he played at Clemson. He's played very good teams. He's got he's battle tested. He was a five star recruit. He was also very he's also very um, it doesn't <laughs> not that anyone cares, but he was an academic standout coming out of um, high school. I did a little research on him because I, I am a big fan of Andrew Booth. So I think. Um, he's a guy, he's, I mean, he was their shutdown corner at Clemson and he did a good job. Um, I mean, outside of maybe just a few games, um, but he's good. He's pretty solid in man coverage. Um, he's got the loose hips that a lot of people like to say in man coverage. He he's, can turn quick, which is good for them. That That's it's all in the hips, man. Yes. It's all and in the hips. Arizona is going to. I mean, they need to. They're going to be be needing to slow down the Rams and whatever the 49ers do, because the 49ers, no matter what they end up doing with wide receivers, Kyle Shanahan is very creative. He's he's an offensive genius. Yeah, he'll find, find ways to he'll find ways to get the plays, big explosive plays, and they need help just containing that. Whether that's cornerbacks to the air or linebackers but they don't need linebackers as of least right now <laughs> cornerback yeah. this is a dream position for them he's in a position where he i don't know if he fell technically by my rankings but i there were a lot of opportunities where he could have been taken up to this point i felt like but there was just other needs pressing for more other teams so i think it's a great find for them at 23 and i think they'd be thrilled to have it yeah, this is around where Booth was going. Like you said, I, I've seen some mocks where people have had him to the Patriots uh, a little before that. He's a cornerback with raw ability, played for an elite-level defense and an, uh, an amazing defensive coordinator uh, in Brent Venables over at, at Clemson. Um, he's mm-hmm. a rock-solid pick for a team that really needs cornerback help. Uh, and Arizona can get their offensive pieces later in the draft you're not going to get a cornerback like the drop off from booth after this here is steeper than what you're going to have with wide receiver depth. Uh, yes. I mean, they can get a solid receiver in round two, round three, even so uh, they need a corner. They need one badly. Booth makes sense. Booth makes sense. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. So this is where, I'm trying to piece together where they could go here. So they've traded uh, uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, They actually could use another receiver. And it would be a Dallas-type move. You know, star on the helmet, star playmakers. Dallas is tied to those types of guys in the first round, you know. For sure. The, the elite level playmakers, the, the guys that are seen with the ball in their hands. And and yet, I don't know, man. They <laughs> still need offensive line help. They could use another defensive lineman. Um, they could even use interior O-line. Like, I, I mean, I, I there are a couple different ways they could go. I'm going to give them... George Karlaftis, defensive end from Purdue. I don't know if this is where the Cowboys go, but they could use another defensive end. This guy's a physical specimen. He's rock solid. He lit it up at Purdue. And I 
I know it's kind of like the the safe play here, I think, at pick 24, but I've seen mocks where people had Karlaftis going top 12, top 13, top 14. So Yes, it's, absolutely. He's, it's, he, I mean, he's a freak. This, I mean, this edge class is deep. Like, like it's we said. very deep. And there, there is a lot of top-tier talent that can be had here at the end of the round one because of just how much talent there is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and um, you know, even even in the Big Ten, I it, Hutchinson was the guy who got talked up in Big Ten play. But um, anyone who watched Purdue play, you're, you're immediately drawn when Purdue's on defense um, to Carl Aftis. He's that large. He makes that many plays. Purdue doesn't really have anybody else on defense, so that's the only guy you are going to watch. But, like, his, he's just a, a beast, run-stuffer, pass-rusher, can make plays. And to, to get him at pick 24, I think the Cowboys would be happy with, uh, thrilled with. Reminds me of a another former Purdue defensive end from about a decade ago, uh, Ryan Kerrigan. And oh, look at what he turned out to be with uh, Washington. So I, if Dallas Cowboy fans were told they're getting uh, Ryan Kerrigan, you got a solid defensive end for the next decade. And, and I, I think they'd take Karloftis here and be okay with it. For sure. I think Karloftis, I think, I mean, it's, I feel like I said a lot today, but <laughs> our board's really shaped out where I feel like a lot of these guys are steals. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just feel like, I feel like there's, Outside of the quarterback position, this draft class is actually very solid. There's a lot of talent in this draft class in general, I feel like, more and more so than other years in just in yeah. every position. And I, because I feel like every time we say a pick, we're like, oh, that's really good value for them. And I'm like, but can they all be that good? Can they value? all be great values? <laughs> but it, I think you're right, Ben. I think people are knocking this draft, the general media is knocking this draft. It's because of the quarterbacks. Yeah, like, it, that's the highlight. Everyone wants the star quarterbacks, right? Because it's not it's not sexy for like all this all these other players. Like, right? It's like we, we edge edge like the trenches isn't like something that's pretty to media. They don't love the trench. It's not exactly, like, exactly. You know, it, it's yeah. This draft is not going to have the cachet of last year's draft, where you had four elite level quarterbacks, five elite level quarterbacks. Um, and it just became a guessing game as to where they're going to go. Yes. So that's yeah. what tuned you in. Yeah, this draft doesn't have it. The media is knocking this draft for that. But depth in this draft, you are going to get some great players in the late first and in the second round that I feel like in other years would be first-round picks. Yeah, there, There's I mean, just a lot of good players in this draft. draft. Yeah, I mean, and again, like people I mean, people are saying this wide receiver class is good, but the media I just – the names of the wide receiver class are not the names we saw last year. I mean, we had the, the I mean, or two years ago when we, or yeah, last year, last year, last the, year, the Alabama wide receivers, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't have a, a, a chase Waddle or Smith. Like this yeah. draft may not have a chase Waddle or Smith, but you know, so they may not have those elite level guys, but there are seven, eight guys that are going to be rock solid players. In the, in the career. NFL, there's just a lot of depth in this draft. Yes. And teams in the back end of the first round are going to get fantastic players, guys that usually wouldn't be there in other drafts based on their talent. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's this is. Um, 
this is i mean yeah it's, it's deep i can't say anything else about it yeah, well, yeah. I, I got you man solid yeah. class yeah um so next up we have the buffalo bills at 25 there's a few different needs they have um as far as it goes i mean corners in need they definitely could use another cornerback um I have wide receiver, but Josh Allen's good enough to get the ball to pretty much anyone, it feels like, at this point. Um, yeah. Running back. I'm kind of I, – I don't take first-round running backs often. It's kind of a big uh, no-no, but – Yep. It's it's proven – or not proven, but the general consensus nowadays, right, is, is don't take one. But, you know – it's things I, sometimes don't play out that way. It depends on team need and where you're at. Yeah, and Buffalo's kind of like it, I would have loved. Like I said, I mean, this is a situation where if Booth's sitting here, I take the cornerback help for um to help out. Uh, what's his um Trey White? White. Yeah, yeah. Tre'Davious White. I t- give that other that second cornerback really to kind of help him out and solidify the secondary. The next cornerback I have on the board is. Um, Kair Elam. Elam from Florida, yep. Super high on him. I'm but, not as high on him as others are either. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take a flyer here and I'm going to go with a running back because it seems like Buffalo's kind of, they just draft running backs trying to figure out. That seems like a need. They want to have a good running back, but they just keep taking random guys who are average. Zach Moss, yes. Devin Singletary. They want a running back, it seems like. They yes. want a good one, but they're struggling to find that guy, it seems like. And I think there are two key running backs here who I think have opportunities to be um, to be really good running backs in the NFL, personally. Um, and those two are Brees Hall, uh, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Yeah. And, and those are my top two guys, too. And I'm going to go with Brees Hall. Because... I pers- I just I love Brees Hall. I I, I mean, he kind of he got a lot of talk. I think more last year than anything. Um, yeah. And then this year his talk kind of slowed down a little bit more. But I I love Brees Hall. I think he's really good running back out of Iowa State. Sorry, I forgot to say where he was from. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> um, he's got. I mean, he's got. Um, I don't want to compare him, but he's got very similar vibes to like a David Montgomery almost. Sit out ironically from Iowa State. Out of, so. uh, Iowa State, yeah. They like the same kind of running backs, but he also he he almost in the course of three years he almost had a total of four thousand rushing yards. Oh, in his three years, like at Iowa State, I mean that's a ridiculous amount. Yeah. And he's yeah. he's a workhorse. You can hand him the ball. He's two twenties, a little bit bigger guy. He can he can handle the load. And I think he's just um. I think he fits there. I think he would fit in Buffalo well because he is kind of a. I think he'd work really well, at least the start of his career, as a back by committee kind of guy. So I think having Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and him being able to kind of flip through them all would really help Brees Hall in a situation where he could um, kind of take off and eventually be that guy for them maybe next year after he kind of they maybe play through some running back by committee things or throughout the year as they kind of figure it out that he is um he's the starter he's the guy because it just really seems like buffalo's been trying 
for a while to find this guy a running back and they just haven't done it yet and for i think years for yes. years and it just doesn't seem like they hit i absolutely love this pick um internally i was i was like if he doesn't take hall here i'm going to mention like watch out for Brees hall in this spot uh because this is who i would have the bills taking i think the bills are in a unique position where their roster is pretty loaded they yes. have an elite quarterback there's not a a lot of pressing needs. Sure, they have some needs in, in the defensive secondary. Um, but a, a lot of the other needs are depth. Brees Hall has that potential to be an every down back. He can catch passes. He can run between the tackles. He he He's the type of running back that the Bills have been looking for and that the Bills want. Um, and you said it. They have good backs on the roster where they can kind of ease him into that role slowly but then come playoff time, he's right there ready to carry the load. And it's not going to be all on Josh Allen to have to do all of the power running. Like yes. Brees Hall <laughs> can be that guy. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, it, it just, this is a great pick. Again, I know there's it's taboo to like take running backs in the first round nowadays, but if you're in a position like the Bills are, it's a smart pick here. This, and this Late is first like, round. Yes. Get the every down back that fits your offense, that can take your offense, which is already a top tier offense, to an even higher level. It, it's Brees Hall would be a, a fantastic pick, pick here. And, and not everybody has him going to the Bills, but I'd be putting him there. I, I think this can finally be the guy that, that the Bills have been looking for. He could do it. All right, so now the next pick here is uh, Tennessee. Tennessee Titans. Um, Tennessee moved on from Julio Jones. They did get Robert Woods. They still have A.J. Brown, but A.J. Brown's kind of in this weird holdout position. I don't think they're going to take a receiver, but I wouldn't entirely rule it out. Um, you know, so again, I, I wouldn't take that necessarily off the, the board for them at this point. They could use a little bit of O-line help, um, right tackle, interior line. Um, if they are going to look at right tackle, I'm going to give them the next best guy on my list. Uh, which is Bernard Ryman from Central Michigan. Yes. Uh, the raw ability. I was gonna. This, I was getting nervous. He wasn't gonna. I, thought, I was getting nervous. He was gonna make it out of the first round. I'm like, he should not make it out of the first round. <laughs> no, he definitely should not. No, he definitely should not. I, on raw ability, and he's a latecomer to the game. Yes. Uh, but he is big. He is athletic, and talk about a guy with high upside, uh, room to grow. He could be a uh, he's left tackle caliber good. They don't need him to yeah. be a left tackle right now because they still have Taylor Lewan. But Lewan doesn't have a lot of years left. I don't think he does. Um, you can bring Ryman along slowly, play him at right tackle, develop him, and then when um, Lewan retires, slide Ryman over. I, I think there's a lot of raw untapped ability here. 
He's rock solid, looked good at the combine, performed pretty well at the senior bowl. Um, I, I think Bernard Ryman's the pick here. It, it fits a, a need for Tennessee on the right side of the line. I would agree. I think that's a great pick for them. Um, again, a team where, I mean, you can build up, build up your line. You let Derrick Henry run that football and you build yes. up that line and yes. you let him go crazy. Yeah. I think you that's know great, what you are, it, you know, is a build around that, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's just, mm, yes, absolutely. A great pick. Um, Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as unfortunately they get to be called another year. Yes, the old Tampa Bay. This is an intriguing situation. Buccaneers. Yeah. We have Kenny Pickett, who is fallen <laughs> to this pick would 27. Be... And I'm sitting here like, this is Brady's replacement, isn't it? Like, <laughs> if it, this happens, It would make sense. Like, if this is how the board plays out, it would make sense because I, I don't think Brady's there after this year. I don't know yeah. if he retires, but I don't think he's in Tampa. I mean, they were talking about, like, I mean, they, the, before Brady came back, they had no one at quarterback. They were. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was, it was, I mean, people were saying, like, they're, they're, well, they're going to need to take a quarterback. The only other big, I mean, I put it as a need. I didn't think it was the priority need based on how the draft board was going to go. But the draft board went this way. And I'm kind of sitting here like, it makes sense. The only other thing I'm tempted is interior offensive line, Kenyon Green, maybe. But I think yeah. but I think the opportunity of this worked out so well. This solves their issue when Brady, I think, ultimately retires at the end of the year. They have their QB in waiting. And it's Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Just with how the board plays out, it, it makes sense. There's no major pressing needs, like you said, for the Bucks, And it would, truthfully, it would not surprise me if there was a desperate team for Kenny Pickett or another one of the other quarterbacks. Yes. They'd be on the phone with Tampa right now. What do you want for that spot? You know, we, we talked earlier about maybe Seattle doesn't take the quarterback at nine, but they got two picks in the early 40s in the second round this find a no deal where they could ship happened. some of those to Tampa for uh, that late first round pick and, and maybe they're taking Pickett or one of the other quarterbacks so um, but no trades in this draft and, and Tampa themselves could honestly talk themselves into sit Pickett for a year slide him in when Brady moves on and we don't miss a beat absolutely and I, like I said I don't there's probably almost no chance this scenario plays out where they get Kenny Pickett. But if it happened, they would not. I don't think they'd hesitate to take it. Like you, you get your QB. I mean, like Kenny Pickett specifically. If Kenny Pickett falls this far, that's an opportunity I think for them to secure their future. Yeah. And it's not as I think if it's maybe another quarterback that's down there. Like if, I mean, next quarterback is probably Matt. Um, Coral or Desmond Ritter, but I don't think they're looking at QB if it's those guys left. <laughs> right. But I think because Kenny Pickett's up there, I mean, he's gotten top 10 talk a lot. Like, it's it, the value for it, it's better than having Kyle Trask as your QB in waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would not be trusting that. I would not be trusting Trask. Uh, 
you get a chance for Pickett, higher upside, uh, rock solid starter, and and give it a go with him for you know the next few years after this. There's an easy, smooth transition. He sits and learns from the greatest ever for a year, and I. You can't go wrong with the position Tampa's in to be taking him here. Yes. I, I'd be crazy. I'd be surprised to be here at pick twenty-seven. But if he is, and, and Tampa doesn't move from the pick and takes him, you can't blame him. That's rock solid. Yes. All right, I got the Packers' next pick as well. I had their first first-round pick. Thank this God. Is the I would have taken some terrible picks for them on purpose. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> fair. Deep down, I kind of want to. Um, <laughs> I could see Green Bay being another team that swaps this pick 28 out yeah. for a couple of second rounders to help build depth uh, elsewhere to to uh, a quarterback needy team that's going to want to hop back in to the first round. And, and with the way the NFL contracts are set up, everyone, you would rather draft a quarterback in the back end of the first round than draft him in the second round because of that fifth year option. So teams are going to want to get into the first round if they like a quarterback or have are intrigued by a quarterback just to get that extra year of yes. team control at a cheaper uh, cheaper amount. So teams like Tampa and, and Green Bay with pick two, if, if or even Kansas City, if they don't want both first round picks, um, if there's a quarterback hungry team that wants to take a flyer on some of these guys in the back end of the first round, don't be surprised if if the Chiefs or the Packers or or the Buccaneers trade out. Absolutely, it could happen. Or the or the Bengals, even if they want to load up on extra draft capital. Definitely, the Bengals definitely need help in a lot more places than those other teams. But if there's a QB needy team, they're going to offer a lot more as well. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Green Bay already got the receiver at pick twenty two. We made sure to get them the receiver. It would be fun to give them another receiver here. And <laughs> I couldn't blame them if they actually did go back-to-back receiver. It, it uh, would be potentially smart. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I don't think it's something the Packers do. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't blame them if they did it. Um, they could use a future Zadarius Smith. Um, I, there are a couple guys, a couple of Big Ten guys uh i'd be looking at here i i could three actually big 10 guys i know one of them you could make an argument (laughs) for um the guy i'm gonna give him and i want to apologize in advance but i knew it was coming i'm sorry i'm sending him to the green bay packers uh boy mafe from minnesota defensive end minnesota now uh mafe is raw he's got raw ability He's he produced in the Big Ten against some good teams, but it, his ceiling is what's giving him late first round value here. Um, and the Packers could use a, a pass rusher with some high ceiling, give him a year to develop, and you know say what you want about the Packers, they they tend to develop guys. They so uh, you know if Mafe falls to this spot, they're going to look at the raw ability. And, you know, uh, I think he, he's Mafe's got raw ability, doesn't have any injury concerns like Ojabo does. Um, you know, get I him think in. This is an, I think it's an ideal landing spot for him, honestly. It's 
a situation where he'll be able to succeed. Definitely. He's a very um, athletic, fast, just, um, I mean, he's, I mean, he's phenomenal to watch. Like, I mean, like he was, he sometimes inconsistent when at Minnesota, but just watching him when he was on, oh my, <laughs> you're like, Ooh. he's a beast. Your He's eyes gotta open up, and you're like, "Yeah, that move right there—that's something special." <laughs> <laughs> and Not he, many guys can do that. He he fits the Packers' um, three-four type scheme they like to run too. So I think that's a I think that's a solid um, fit for him. I think he's very. I don't, I don't want to compare him to Rashawn Gary, but he's very Rashawn Gary-esque, a little more raw than Rashawn Gary, obviously. Yeah. But he's very Rashawn Gary-esque in the um, physical abilities that he has. Yeah. Yeah, and provide that that second pass rusher could grow into what Smith was. And, and being coached by Green Bay, I think he would. Yeah. I think he would. Very disappointed that happened. But I saw I'm it sorry. coming. I saw it coming as it was coming down. I, I was like, it's coming. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to cry uh, about it. I don't want it to, but it's going to happen. Uh, next up, well, we'll have Kit, the Kansas City Chiefs go back-to-back here. Um, they definitely are, like we said, a candidate to trade down in either one of their spots. Um, but 29, Kansas City, I think they have two kind of needs, I think two secondary help, and obviously a wide receiver. They lost Tyree Kill. And... I'm going to give him a wide receiver because I like one guy a lot, and I might be higher on him than most people, but I love him. And I think he gives them a dynamic player like Tyreek Hill or Debo Samuel that can do so much for you because he's got speed and he's 6'4. I'm going uh, Christian Watson out of NDSU. And I absolutely I, love it. I think he's a. Uh, I mean, he has he definitely is late first round, but he could also be all the way to late second round too. Yeah, it, the, the, it depends on what the team values more. But um, a guy who absolutely dominated um, in terms of his combine, the Senior Bowl, the pre-draft process in its entirety, he dominated it and. I mean, you got a guy who's got four three speed and is six four. Yep. That is absolutely out of this world. Yep. He did a he was I mean, he torched players at the senior bowl, like he's at FCS. He torched FBS corners at the senior bowl all through practice all week. He was he was a problem. <laughs> yes. And yes he it, was. And he's going to be, I think, a problem. In the NFL and uh, NDSU's got a pretty good uh, not track record of wide receivers, but they got a track record of producing good NFL talent. And yes, they do. I think, um, I think he's absolutely electric. And um, if you were to give the Packers another wide receiver to compliment Traylon Burks, I would have told you to pick uh, Christian Watson if you wanted a guy to compliment Traylon Burks to the Packers, more yeah. speed guy. Yeah, to your to your point, Ben. I mean, as far as Upside goes, like you said, the height, the speed, um, raw ability, as strong as anyone in this class. And there's, we said, this this receiver receiver class is deep. This was the guy that crossed my mind at pick 22 for the Packers, where yeah. it's like, if they took him, I can't 
say it's a bad pick just because of upside. Yes. Like this could be the guy that Green Bay sees as boom, potential high level that that impact receiver. So they could take him as high as 22, but this makes sense to to Kansas City here at at pick 29 and high upside with Mahomes throwing him the ball. Look out. Look out. I mean, I, I think this is a solid pick at pick 29. Take a flyer on this kid because the raw ability's there. It's a and, great situation for him. Oh, yeah. Honestly. They, I mean, they, they, they signed MVS and Juju, but this, I mean, this is a guy who you can do those gadget plays with that you did with Tyreek, and you can yes. have fun with him. Like, you know, if, if, if he struggles maybe a little bit with, the pass game you can still do screen plays you can do the reverses and get him the ball in those kind of plays where maybe if he struggles with route running at first the nfl or struggles with the speed of the nfl game you can still give him on those little easy gimme plays where you can just get an open field and sprint right yeah kind of idea and yep. that's what you want selfishly wouldn't have minded if he fell to the lines at 32 he was one <laughs> of the guys i was eyeing up there <laughs> um, just because they, they could use some outside receiver help, and, he, and he's got the pure potential to be a, a rock-solid one. So, again, great pick. Um, Kansas City's going to follow this up. Like you said, they, they could use help in the secondary, specifically at, at safety. They um, they need to replace Tyron Matthew. Absolutely. Um, and they lost uh, Sorensen, right? I think they lost Sorensen as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's both their safeties. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I'm looking at this back end of the first round. Swiss Army knife, Daxton Hill safety out of Michigan. Um, Love it. It, watching him this year, every game, Ojabo and Hutchinson got all the talk, but Michigan's defense was elite because of what they could also do with Daxton Hill. They could, he was a chess piece you could put. Anywhere in the field. He could rush the passer. You could put him on your the other team's best receiver, and he'll still make plays. Uh, blanket coverage, uh, get sacks. He's the type of guy that the Chiefs could grow, develop, has raw ability to be a, a solid safety. I don't know if he has quite the ceiling that Hamilton has, um, but at this late in uh, the first round, he's a solid player with a lot of raw ability. And yes. I, that's the Chiefs a get a <laughs> guy that, that can help them on offense and help them on defense. Yeah, like you said, I think Hill was kind of wasn't sliding too much, but he was sliding a little bit. He, I mean, he can go. Hill could go in the late teens potentially. Yeah, and I think he's a he's great. It's a great pick for Kansas City because they definitely need secondary help, safety. And probably cornerback. It's always, I mean, that's it's always been the cornerback. I mean, it's always been their secondary outside of basically Tyron Matthew. That's been the issue for them on defense, it seems like, a lot of times. So, yeah, that's solid pick. And potentially you can, you said he's kind of a hybrid. So maybe like they could kind of toss him in the slot sometimes and kind of play with that a little bit. So I think that's a smart pick, help fill some needs. And, I think then kind of regroup and then maybe take your cornerback later in the draft for your next pick to kind of solidify the cornerbacks as well. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, 
Then following that up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at pick 31. And I think they're licking their lips here. At a situation that kind of just occurred again where a guy slipped a little bit. Um, Again, not necessarily slipped, but um, a guy who could have gone earlier. Definitely. Um, They need, again, some more offensive line help. It's a big need. And I think the guy here is Kenyon Green, um, the interior lineman out of Texas A&M. Texas A&M, yeah. Yes. And I think... Kenny Green is good, is a solid pick. He has he can play both guard positions. He has experience there, and he also has experience at right tackle. It's good to have a guy who has played throughout the entire offensive line on your team. Yep. Because injuries happen, and it's yes. Ultimately, you're gonna. It's good to have a like a Swiss Army knife on the offensive line who who's played basically every position. You can just kind of toss them wherever you need them if there's an injury. Otherwise. Yep. You have a very solid guard for you now. Yeah, that's huge. They need. They definitely needed. Um, so they need to just keep protecting Joe Burrow at all costs. They, they have to, and they're getting a solid player on the interior here. Yes. Um, Green or, or Linderbaum would have made sense to me, and uh, one of those guys. And, and you pick Green, who, you know, he may not be here at this point in come Thursday, but he is in this mock and home run for Cincinnati at, at pick 31. Absolutely. Shore up that O-line, that interior O-line with a guy who's going to be a, a rock solid player. And like you said, too, has the flex- flexibility to play anywhere. Along yeah. The, the only reason I didn't take Lunderbaum, which was what I was really thinking was um, I saw, rec- I saw something yesterday where they, um, there's a pretty wide consensus that Linderbaum is making it to round two. I saw. Okay. Well, so that kind of like, I was like, some, I don't know what they, they didn't say why he was falling, but they said there's a pretty good consensus that he'll make it to round two. Round two. So uh, with that being said, that kind of just, I probably was a toss up. I was probably 50, 50 going into there. But that comment I saw the other day kind of just weighed me towards green a little bit yeah. more. And, and green's very, very good. And, May not be there when Cincinnati picks anyway. There are a lot of teams. I I mean, I debated having Dallas take him. You know, so yeah. It's like, there's a lot of options. There's a yeah. He's a solid player, and for Cincinnati to get him at 31, no no brainer, no brainer. All right, in the last pick of the first round, my Detroit Lions. <laughs> there is a guy still on the board, and a lot of it has to do with team need. Um, but he may not be there when the Lions pick at 32, but. This guy just screams Dan Campbell type of player. Fits a team need of the Lions and, and would provide that energy. It would be a great culture guy. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Nakobe Dean, yeah. linebacker from Georgia. I, I mean, he just he would provide what the Lions need. They need linebacker help. They need that interior, uh, well, inside linebacker that they can build around their defense around for for the foreseeable future. Um, Dean's getting a raw end of the deal because his 40 time was not as fast as people thought it was. Turn on the tape of any Georgia game and tell me that guy doesn't play fast. (laughs) Exactly. Like He's all over the field. He reads plays faster than almost any linebacker, if not any linebacker in the country does. Um, his instincts are top notch and the lions defense 
needs this type of guy. If he's there at 32, I, I man, do I hope they take him. That's a steal, and that's actually a steal. Yes, in my mind, that man, I think, there, there, he could have gone where Devin Lloyd went. I almost <laughs> took him where Devin Lloyd. Yeah, went. I know exactly. He I was, was I was him. close to taking there's him not, there. There's not, there's a weird area after Devin Lloyd where there's not as much of a no one really there needs in, an interior linebacker for a while, right. and that's why he just kind of slipped in ours because. All of a sudden, it was just there, and it was like, boom, it's perfect. And that's, I mean, and that does happen in the draft, too. It does. And when that happens, ultimately, though, a team will trade up, and probably I could see a team trading up and trying to snag him if that if he starts to fall. I could, he, too. He's, he's talented. He's very, very talented. Yep, and we talked earlier about those teams in the back end of the first round that are probably looking to trade out. Um, mm-hmm. So... You said if there's a team that's falling in love with Nicobe Dean and they're like, yeah, we we desperately need this guy in the middle of our defense and we're going to hop up and get him. Yeah, don't be surprised if someone trades up for him. Absolutely. Uh, but if he's there at 32, yeah, Detroit, take him. A home run please. of a first round. Be, I'd give the Detroit Lions an A-plus if they ended up with Aiden Hutchinson and Nicobe Dean. <laughs> yeah, I'd be in heaven for that. Like, those are... Two prime guys on that defense that just scream Dan Campbell energy. Yeah. Dan Campbell bite kneecaps, take you down. They're biting each other's kneecaps. They're so right. Angry. Right. That's just <laughs> that's just the way it is. That's the way it is. Um, with that, that wraps up the mock draft portion of this. Um, we did run a little later than I expected, but I'll yeah, just put yeah. it. It's definitely a little bit longer than I expected, but I'll just say, um, you got uh. I don't know if you had a list, but five players in day two or three that you think are um, underrated. And maybe there are players who might go round one that we just didn't end up drafting. But um, five players that you think in maybe day two and three that uh, could surprise. Don't need a lot of descriptions. Just five players for the people to watch for. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned one a little bit ago. Uh, Linderbaum could go round one. I mean, he he's... Rock solid and, and talented is an old lineman. He'll be solid. Um, tight end Jelani Woods from Virginia. Uh, he's tall. He's athletic. Uh, only really had one year of production at Virginia, and I think that's why he's going to go round two or round three. But uh, keep an eye out for him. Michigan guy through and through, David Ajabo. Uh, once he gets through his Achilles injury, raw potential would have screamed mid-first round pick. Um, so... Got him there. Uh, Jaquan Brisker at Penn from Penn State, rock solid safety. I think is going to go in round two and and uh, and be good. And then how many did I give there? Four. Yeah, one more. One more for the people. <laughs> one more for the people. Uh, probably Tyler Smith of. Tulsa, just a little bit I've watched of him and the more I've read of him. He's an offensive tackle from Tulsa. Um, Raw ability. Raw ability. He could play interior line is what I've seen too. Yes, he 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 has that flexibility to be be a guard. So teams with guard needs actually in the back half of the first round. If, If for some reason Green was gone by the time they got, don't be surprised if they... 
reach up for Tyler Smith. Yeah. Reach up for Tyler. Yeah. Don't be surprised. So uh, he's another guy probably going to go day two that has some, some solid potential. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think those are all solid guys. I mean, <laughs> I, I agree. All of them. Jelani Woods is someone I, I really like too. I think he's a beast. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my list. Um, I got Travis, Travis Jones, um, DT Ooh, from UConn. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll probably be a second round pick, maybe a third round pick, but um, he's solid. He, uh, again, a guy who tested really well, measurables were great. And yeah. I know people don't like to hear testing because it's all about the eye test for a lot of people, but he has the eye test too. He, he does. He had to look for it. He played on crappy UConn, which is one of the worst football pro- programs in the country. You just don't see it, but he's very good. I think he'll be, he'll be a good day to pick. Um, the other one of the big guys I have, um, Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor. I like him Ooh, a lot. Yeah, he'll def he'll definitely be a second round pick, probably again, yeah. maybe third, maybe even first if someone really likes him, because he's I think he's the next safety potentially after Daxton Hill. So yeah. he's someone yeah. to watch. Um. Um. Oh, I got to give uh my boy um Daniel uh. Falale from uh, Minnesota. Yeah, gotta give your boy some yeah. love. Big Probably boy. Biggest guy in the draft for sure. Offensive tackle. Um, I th- he'll. It's someone's gonna take a flyer on him. On him and this this size. The, the size got, alone is worth a flyer. Yeah, man. yeah. And his abs- He's actually pretty quick for his size, which is kind of scary. Yeah. You have someone. I mean, Minnesota. Minnesota University of Minnesota dominates at running the football, and. He leads the way full sprint down the field, and it's scary watching that man that big run down the field. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, other guy I like, um, I'm actually going to go with another uh, tight end, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. I think he's a good um, okay. he's a good third, fourth round pick, I think maybe. Um, good hands. I like him a lot. I think he could be good. And then my last guy, Again, I'm staying a lot in the day two range. I like a lot of the day two yeah, guys. Same here. Same um, here. But uh, Chad Muma, the linebacker from Wyoming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's really good. I think he's um, he's really he's a, he's a tackler. He, he just tackles everyone. And I think that's – it can be an underrated quality sometimes in the NFL, just the ability to have a solid guy who's going to tackle everyone. He's quick from – End to end, both sides of the field. So I think he, he could be a good player in day two or th- early say day three. But yeah. Um, Rock solid, man. Yeah. With that, um, thank you all for joining us. I hope you enjoy the draft as much as we do. And if not, I don't like you. <laughs> um, get it, get it, get it, get it. Um, it did take us longer than we expected. Um, but hope you like it um give us some feedback on if you like what we gave your teams if you don't it's all good it happens um we're probably wrong on every pick so yeah probably uh, <laughs> the way the draft works yeah exactly so um happy to do it happy to be here um um but thank you all for listening and uh we will talk to you next week god bless